Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. If you do have your Bibles today, we're going to the book of Galatians. And in a moment, I'm going to open up this Bible. And I want to really encourage you, whether you're reading the Bible on your smartphone or you have a traditional Bible, I want you to encourage you to read your Bible as we come to church. And not only on Sundays, I want to encourage you to do that throughout the week. Uh, This Bible I've had for over 20 years, and it is a message paraphrase Bible, and it is just been worn out. That's why I had to get duct tape, and I love it, uh, because going through it, I have met Christ and experienced God and really have known freedom. And so today, we're going to Galatians chapter 5, and we're in a series on how to live free. And today, we're going to talk about free to love. And I want you to know this. In this letter, freedom is the central thought of the book of Galatians. They say Paul is the apostle of freedom. But you must know this, he rips off the mask in chapter 5 that freedom isn't doing whatever you want, how you want, when you want, that freedom has a responsibility. And with freedom, we could choose, freedom has a choice and freedom has a heart. We could choose to be led by the Spirit or we could be uh, choose to really follow the impulses of our own mind and heart. And I don't want to use my my freedom to hurt or harm anyone else. So today, we're going to learn how to be free to love. And, I, and, and today, the goal for me, and I want it to be for you, I don't know if you ever find yourself at one moment, you live one way in another moment or a season, you live completely different. I want consistency in my life because I just don't think you could be free and not be consistent. Are you with me? And some people say that they have the mind of Christ, but their own mind is immature. They're volatile. And I don't want that type of mind. I want a mind that literally is driven by the love of Jesus Christ. That's what constrains me and compels me. And so I want you to think about this. Freedom has a choice and freedom has a heart. You may want to chat that if you're online. And if you're in the auditorium, say that with me. Say freedom has a choice. Say, freedom has a heart. And just one last thing, you're free to drive your car wherever you want to drive your car. You could drive it off a cliff, you could drive it into a building, but you will be free to get injured. And so freedom has a choice. So we're going to begin to read in Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to begin with verse 13. I want you to look for four phrases. He says he starts off in verse 13 that we're called to freedom, and so that's one phrase. The next phrase that he says, don't Don't use your freedom as an excuse. So I want you to pay attention when that comes up in the reading. Then he says, love others as you love yourself. That's the third phrase. I really want you to pay attention to that. Since you are called to freedom, love others as you love yourself. Then the last one, love and serve one another. Then Paul, not in the uh, message paraphrase, but in a traditional version, you will see 15 words that he uses 
Jesus about people who use freedom. It's their choice, but it's a freedom that hurts one another. And they're listed in four categories, and we will get to that in a moment. So let's begin to uh, read in verse 13. And it says, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Say free life with me. And I'd like you to chat that. So it's very clear God has called us to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. So our choice can enhance or destroy our freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That is how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Now, this is amazing. He's saying the complete Bible is summed up in one phrase. And here it goes. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. If you buy and ravage or devour, the King James says, each other, watch out in no time at all. You will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be? My counsel is this, live freely. Come on, let's shout that out. Live freely. Let's say it again. Live freely, animated, and motivated by God's Spirit, then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness, for there is a root of sinful self interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible at times, did you get this? With selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical, so there are two ways to live selfishly or energized by God's spirit and they're incompatible with one another. So you cannot live at times one way and at times act another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the spirit? Can you give God a, just a yes on that one? We choose to be led by the spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. I just need to pause on that. Freedom is not getting your way all the time. That is selfish. All right? And you can't be selfish and powerful at the same time. And it goes on. It says this, repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing seen everyone into a rival. Are you with me? Let's go back to the bad temper because I've experienced this myself. Okay, I skipped it over. Satisfied wants a brutal temple. Temper. How many of you know someone with a temper? How many of you are that person? Don't raise your hand. Okay. Oh, good, I'm not alone here. Brutal temper and impotence to love or be loved. Get this, please get this. Divided homes, divided lives. I'd like to add this. How about a divided nation? Yeah. What's wrong with America right now isn't 
who's in the White House or not in the White House. We are living by our own desires, wants, and wishes instead of being filled with the Spirit, and it divides us. And he goes on, lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. Then he says this, this isn't the first time I have warned you, you know, if you use your freedom this way, come on, you have freedom. I have freedom, but I want to use my freedom to love people, to serve people, to benefit people, not hurt people. He goes on, he says, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. You may go to heaven, but you're not going to experience the kingdom of God. Everyone say freedom. freedom. Say freedom's choices. I want you to begin to know this. He starts off in this letter in verse 13, and I love it. He says this. He says, you have been called to freedom. Now, I want you to know this. It's an absolute fact that you and I are called to freedom. And when we found Jesus, or I'd like to say it another way, when Jesus found us, we were called into freedom. I just want to pause and think about that word called. Yeah, that's a mighty, mighty word. In fact, really, you take that word out of the Bible, then the scriptures are changed drastically. In the Old and the New Testament, that word is all over. For example, we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We were called out of the kingdom in the dominion in the authority of Satan into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the son of his love. We were called the church. The very word for church is the called out ones. And Paul goes even more specifically, we are called to freedom. So when we are born again, it is a fact that we are free. And you know what happens? We begin, Paul addresses this. He's not naive of the excitement and the energy of freedom, but he's also aware of the dangers of freedom. Are you with me? And you see, like for example, animals, they get their full expression when they're in the wild. But what we do, we put them in a zoo and the first time you take your children to the zoo, it's exciting. The third time you take them to the zoo, I remember Judy is about five years old. He said, Daddy, he says, why are the tigers always sleeping? And because they have so many rules in cage, I don't want to add rules to the freedom that Jesus Christ gave me, but I do want to be constrained by the love that he has for me and poured into my heart. Amen. Now, I want you to say this, say, I am created for freedom. Say, I'm called to freedom. You know, it, freedom is in the very book of Genesis. And I want you to think about this. There are four institutions in the beginnings of Genesis. One of them is marriage. The other is family. Another one is nations. And you say, why nations? Because individual nations protect individual people. I don't believe in a global one government. Why? Because individual nations will always protect, or should, we should say, should protect individual people. But the first institution that God gave humanity is volition, free will. And so he said, you can eat of any tree in the garden, except you cannot eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil for in the day that you eat of it you will surely die and I don't know why God did that 
Why didn't he put a computer chip in their head that almost like a robot, I will not eat, I will not eat, I will not eat. Can I tell you as a parent, I didn't realize what a control freak I actually was. I sold, I knew, for example, the boys would learn that there is an excitement in being free. But I also knew, like Paul, who wrote this letter, there is a danger in their freedom. And one of the reasons I became a control freak, and it wasn't out of maliciousness or harm, I'm a protector by nature. Like, for example, when the boys, even in a car seat, uh, after they got out of the car seat, and I'd be driving, I'd put on the brakes, how many of you do this? And your arm goes out. Now, you know what's awkward if you have someone in the car that's an adult, and you don't know, it's just a not, it's like, oh God, sorry, you know? Didn't mean, I mean, didn't want to get that close, you know? And, and so one of the reasons I tell you when your freedom really gets tested is when your teenagers start taking driving lessons and they have to drive with you. And I am convinced it's a lot easier in Louisiana to teach someone to drive than Seattle or Los Angeles and interstate. And, and so Becky and I, we would be driving with Jude, John or Jake, and I'm in the passenger seat and I am trying, how many of you ever trying to break for him? And you become your parents overnight. And even if you're calm, cool, and collected, I can't believe it, you know, and, and, and then they start getting upset. And why? Because they're free to hurt themselves. And that's what I didn't want. I didn't want them hurting themselves. But you know what? Paul is not going to sacrifice the freedom that we have in creation or redemption with a bunch of rules because we have a choice. Freedom has a choice. And he says, you were called to freedom. Say, I am called to freedom. And I really do love that. Now, I want you to write this next phrase down. He said, you were called to freedom, but do not use your freedom. Please get this as an excuse. It says, hey, you were called to freedom, but do not use. Can I say, however you use, I use, we use, whether you're online or in the auditorium, however you and I use our freedom will determine the type of path in life that we have. And I want to use my freedom, number one, to worship God and benefit other people. But get this, he says, do not use your freedom as an excuse. The Greek word for freedom here, it's an exact place where they launch a military uh, exercise or a military advancement. So it's where they launch. So what is Paul saying? Do not use your freedom. One version says this as an opportunity. Another one says as an occasion. Another one would say this, don't use your freedom as a launching pad. He said, don't do that. He said, because you're going to ruin your life and the life of other people. Can I say right now, God didn't stop them from eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because he created them to be free. And in that freedom is a choice to harm yourself or benefit yourself, to harm others, hurt others, or advance others. And I want to say more than anyone, the church and believers, we are not existing just to get our way all the time. We are existing to use our freedom to set someone else free. Come on. And I really do believe that. Now, this next one, so I want you to think about this. Say it with me. Say, I have been called to freedom. Say, I will not. And you may want to write this down because it's a phrase in these verses. He says, do not use your freedom as an excuse, as a launching pad, as an opportunity. Can I say right now, every moment and every day, 
you and I have an opportunity that we will literally obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit or we will obey the impulses of our selfishness. The orientation or the basic nature of sin is selfishness. Now, again, you heard me say last week, how many of you had children, have had children, been around children? When Jude, John, and Jake were born, especially Jude, our firstborn, I'm telling you, I thought, he, I thought you know what? I don't think he has a sin nature. This kid is perfect. Then he turned two. And he said, no. And I'm trying to feed him spaghetti. And he spits the spaghetti in my face. And then I thought, you know that boy, that, that's Becky's people right there. Can I say right now at the center of sin is selfishness. And you could have been the most perfect. I want you to hear me. God was the most perfect parent. But because he gave his children freedom, they made a choice. And someone's wrong choice isn't a reflection of good parenting. Everyone has a choice. You know, it was weird. I invited this kid uh, over years ago. And I said, Jake, I want you to be his friend. He doesn't have any friends. And he said, Dad, he goes, I'm going to start choosing your friends. I said, Jake, come on. I know how to choose friends. He said, Dad, I am old enough. He was in middle school to choose my own friends. It's like, no, you're going to to be friends with this kid. And he said, then no, you're not going to be friends with Mr. Neil, Mr. Rick, and Pastor Jerry. I am choosing your friends. And he, he just picked this bizarre person. He goes, he will be your friend. Now bring him over. <laughs> then I kid you not, when they get, got uh, to the age where they would uh, begin to date in court, and I said, hey, look, you guys, you're not going to pick your, your mate. I'm going to do that. <laughs> They go, Dad, that is weird. Only people who are crazy do that. Say, no, 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 there's an entire nation where the parents pick the, the, the spouse. And I said, they have a very low divorce rate. I'm picking your wives. I mean, I, I, I tried. I tried. In fact, Jake said, if you try to pick my wife one more time, I'll never speak to you again. Can I tell you right now, God has given us freedom. And that freedom comes with excitement, but it also comes with a responsibility. And there are choices that we make. Are you with me? Everyone say, I am called. I will not use my freedom as an opportunity, as an occasion, as an excuse. Now, I want to do this. He goes through 15 words. In these 15 words, you may want to write this down. They're in four categories. I'm going to give you the four categories. You could tell if you're using your freedom as an opportunity literally to launch you into outer darkness or using your freedom to advance God in your life, worship God in your life, and benefit others. Get this, get this. 15 words, and here are the categories. Number one is impurity. Uh, and he uses four words. He says, he uses the word adultery. He uses the word fornication, uncleanness, and then he uses the word lewdness. Now, you know what's funny? A lot of times when we become a Christian, I, I want you to know this. Uh, I was not a Christian or a believer all my life, and uh, I was not a virgin. I had lost my virginity in high school, and I didn't even know that was wrong. Actually, I thought it was a healthy thing. We were raised that uh, sex before marriage was absolutely acceptable, and 
it was kind of like a badge of honor and, and we believed that. Then I got born again and started reading the Bible. And I, I want you to know, I didn't refrain from having sex after that, after Jesus found me, because I was being legalistic. All of a sudden, the love of God began to compel me. And I knew one day he had someone that I was going to marry. And I wanted to be able to give this person my entire heart. I began to look at my heart, literally, because freedom does have a heart. Is Each time you have a sexual encounter, it's like a part of your soul is taken away. And I wanted to be able to give all of myself to the person that I would marry. And so for eight years, I really did not date. Now, I know you may think that is legalistic, but I want you to know when it comes to freedom and freedom's choices, which to one, it may be legalistic, to another, it's nothing but love. Because can I say the day that I married my wife, we said words like this, I choose you and no other. That isn't legalism. That's an act of love. It's an act of freedom. I have the freedom to go out and do whatever I want. But love is constraining me and compelling me. And it made me want to keep myself. And can I tell you, you know what's so awesome about that? I know some people go, man, that, that's old school. That's just weird. No, you know what's so amazing is that it trained me. It developed within me. It grew within me. As we got married, when I was on the road speaking or she was pregnant and an opportunity came up where I could have used my freedom for something that would have been destructive, my freedom had grown by the love of Jesus Christ. Can you say Amen. Are you with me? Everyone say freedom. So listen to these four words. The first is impurity. He says adultery. But guess what Jesus said? He says, the law says, do not commit adultery. I say, don't even have lust in your heart. It's like, oh, okay. I need some uh, healing and growth on that one. How about this next one? He says, fornication. The Greek word is pornea. And I think you know what English word we get from that one. Then he says, uncleanness. I want to stop right here. Online in this auditorium, watch me. Years ago, when we started this church, Phil Venti, an elder in our church, I think he had probably seven different men's groups. And one of the men's groups was called the Genesis Group. And you know what David said? And you could read it in the message paraphrase, Psalms 51, created me a clean heart, O God. It says, Lord, created me a Genesis week, O God. Create holiness and beauty and purity out of nothing. So, Paul, the first category is impurity. He's not shameful anyone, but he's motivating us, saying no matter what your past was, you are now not only created to be free, you're redeemed to be free, you're called to be free, but don't use your freedom as an opportunity to really restrict yourself. Ask God to create in you a new heart, a Genesis heart, a new mind, a new life. Come on. Now, the next one is this, it's idolatry. And you'll see, in, in, idolatry is basically putting anything above God in our lives. So that could be our business, our ministry, maybe sometimes our family. So idolatry is just putting uh, something or someone above God. So you have impurity, you have idolatry. Now get this, of those 15 words, you need to hear me right now. 
Of these 15 words, the third category has the most words in it. If you had four columns, impurity, idolatry, the third column has the most words in it. And that though the, it, you could put this word dissensions. And you, it talks about a bad temper. It talks about fits. It talks about disunity. Now I want you to know this. When it came to purity, raising three boys, like if we would go to the movies and it was PG or PG-13, and, uh, and that, back then, we'd go on the computer to see if they had any foul language, what was going to be in the movies. But what was funny, I had trained the boys. This is from Job. Uh, I will not look wrongfully at a human being. So I said, bounce your eyes, look down. So we're in a movie, and I kid you not, uh, a scene came. It, it wasn't the best scene. They still had clothes on, thank the Lord. And, and so all boys, they all went like that. And I thought, Good. They're walking in the spirit. Now, you, now, you hear me. Why is it when it comes to freedom, we always think about sex and impurity, but yet that's not the one who has the most words. The one that has the most words is disunity, division. And can I say right now, I, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Oh yeah, I was free. But how many times did Becky and I bite and devour one another, bite and come against one another? Can I say it happens in church? It happens on staff. It happens in a home. It happens between husband and wife. It happens between parents and children and he's saying if we are free then we should choose come on maybe to be let someone be right instead of me being right the problem with Becky and I is because we both think we're right all the time wow that went flat right there <laughs> that was either really good or it's just us and no one else is experiencing that but you go to that word, literally division, that is the number one thing he's dealing with. Fits. I didn't get my way, so I'm going to pout. I'm going to remove. I'm going to be guarded. I was hurt, so I, I'm going to guard myself. Everyone say freedom's choice. Say it again. Say freedom's choice. And then I want you to go to this one. I want you to go and I want to speak about freedom's love or freedom's heart. Freedom's love and freedom's heart. And freedom's love, freedom's heart. I love this one. And it says this, the only thing that this is what it says in Galatians. He says, I want you to use your freedom. Please get this to love and serve one another. I want you to say that with me. Say, I will, I will. use my freedom to love and serve. Now get this, that word love is agape. That doesn't mean I'll love them if they love me. It means that I'm going to love people unconditionally. And that's not easy for me. Uh, someone, uh, we live on, you guys, most of you know, on one of the lanes uh, in Pierpont. And we have trees in the driveway. And someone came and cut down one of the trees. And I'm telling you, I, I, I've been feeling, I, I, I'm going Louisiana real quick. I went to the manager and I started, you know, and all of a sudden I, I felt myself getting riled up and putting a condition on this word love. Paul used the word agape, meaning no condition. In fact, Jesus says, I want you to love your enemies, love the one who cut down your tree. I don't want to love them. I want Becky to fight them. Are you with me? Come on. Is there anyone in COVID during this past year that made a dumb choice and you want to retaliate? 
and you don't like it? And why did he have to use the word agape? In fact, he said the only thing that counts isn't circumcision, isn't whether you're Jewish or Greek. He said the only thing that counts is faith working through agape. You know what that word work is? Energy. That our faith is energized when we love. It is depleted when we react and not love. How many of you find yourself reacting sometimes? Thank you, one, two, three. All right, the rest of you, you're just beautiful. My gosh, okay. Everyone say, use your freedom to love and serve one another. One of the greatest things, uh, and I'm going to have the band come up, and I have a few more things I want to say that I learned during COVID. I am personally taking things out, and this is one thing. Becky's always served me, and I have to say, really an amazing wife. Now, all you people who are from California, West Coast, you're not going to like this, but she truly was a Southern wife. And in the South, well, maybe not all Southern women, but a lot of Southern women, they, they wait on their man. And it's like, babe, can you get me uh, a drink of water? Babe, can you get me a sandwich? Babe, can you? I'll never forget years ago, I injured my foot and, and I was sitting in the chair and I couldn't move because I had surgery. And she put up the Christmas tree. She cooked dinner. She cleaned the dishes. She was helping the boys with their homework. And I don't know if it was the pain medication or, or what. I go, babe, I cannot believe leave all you do. She said, no, I always do this. She said, if I die, you have to learn so many things. If you die before me, all I have to do after is take out the trash. Now, can I say, Paul says, use your freedom to love and serve one another. So what I'm taking out of COVID is if Becky had to work at the hospital at night, I remember the first time she came and she had not worked in the hospital in 19 years. And I thought, I can't expect her to cook. That would be mean. That would be like demonic. That would be totally selfish. And I had never cooked in my life. And so I had a cookbook and I just thought, I, I was praying. Okay, some of you are going to freak out. I even, I started praying in the spirit. I didn't know. I mean, it's like, God help. <laughs> in the first meal that I made her, she goes, I love what she did. Mm, babe, oh, this is so good. <laughs> you know what? We've been through marriage counseling. We've learned techniques on how to listen which neither one of us really do. <laughs> and the one that I really hate is one, do I hear you saying? You know, and it's like, yeah, you did. You know, let me repeat it. Can I tell you, I, I think this would really wipe out a lot of counseling. Why don't you love and serve one another? Now, let me tell you about serving. That word is doulos. And in the Greek, there's several words, like the word deacon, is someone who runs through the dirt and they get dirty. Their eyes are on people. That word doulos is bondservant. And Paul uses that word a lot in his letters. Paul and Timothy to the Philippians. Bondservants of Jesus Christ. You see, when you are made free, not only by creation, but by redemption, your knee bows. 
because you meet the Lord of heaven and earth and he is your master. He is your Lord and you want to serve him and your eyes are really for one. But can I say when we begin to serve other people like we're doing it unto Jesus Christ. Come on, what did Mother Teresa say to wealthy business people? They took a picture with her. She's in Calcutta. One of the wealthy men said this, I wouldn't do that for all the money in the world. She stopped him and she said, neither would I. Neither would I. I do it for five words. You did it unto me. When we love and serve one another, we are free because we're actually serving Jesus Christ. Come on. Can you say amen? Now this is the next one. I want you to say this. Say, I am called to freedom. You should chat that. You should write that down if you're in the auditorium. Another one it says, do not use your freedom as an excuse or an opportunity or a launching pad or an occasion. Then it goes on. It says this, use your freedom to love agape unconditionally and serve one another. I want you to really get this next phrase. You need to get this phrase. It's in there before all the words. He says this, the whole Bible, I want you to think about this. Maybe hold your U version, hold your Bible. The entire Bible is wrapped up into one phrase. I want to know that phrase. If you could put the whole Bible in one phrase, I want to know what that phrase is. He says, love one another as you love yourself. I'm going to say it again. Love one another. Oh, you want to say it with me? Okay. Love one another as you love yourself. I want to say it again. Love one another. Okay, we need to figure this out. Are we saying it together? Are you repeating? Or is it just me alone saying it? It doesn't matter. Good Lord. Love one another as you. No, get this, get this. That's a crazy thought. Because he didn't say love them less than you love yourself. That would make you superior over them. He didn't say love them more than you love yourself because then it would put them superior over you. Really, he's writing very similar words that he wrote in Romans chapter 12. Do not have an exaggerated opinion of yourself, but with a sober mind, have a right estimation of yourself. You cannot love another person if you love yourself. Can I say right now, he didn't say love them more, love them less, but love them as yourself. I honestly believe those two phrases, love and serve one another and love each other as you love yourself, would wipe out maybe 70% of all the marriage counseling, all the problems. And please hear me, the 15 words are relational. It's where hurt comes, offense comes. I have a word for someone here, and I did not write it down. The Bible says in the Gospels that the word offense says beware to the one who's offended it is a bait of Satan where it comes in and your heart gets hurt your heart gets divided but come on if Jesus forgave me and Jesus loved me and he's called me to freedom I'm going to use my freedom come on to love one another as I love myself amen and this is and this is where he ends and I love this he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Actually, it's faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There 
is no law. I want to end this series with this. Throughout the years, I tried to have the fruit of the Spirit. I tried to talk softer. Then one of my friends says, what's wrong with you? You will never see an apple trying to grow, an apple tree trying to grow an apple. Oh, there's one. It's really hard. You'll never see a pineapple vine trying to sweat a pineapple out. Come on. When the Holy Spirit is controlling us, we will be animated by the Holy Spirit. That is a passive action, but we will be able to live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, be free in the Spirit. Come on. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. I am free to love. I am free to have joy. I am free to have peace. I am free to have gentleness, kindness, self-control. Come on. How can we be free if I can't control myself? Are you with me? How many of you want that type of freedom? Will you raise your hand? Will you stand at your feet right now? I want you maybe to put your hand on your heart. I want to pray those words over us. I've been praying them over myself as well. Almighty God, you called us to freedom. And with that call and that creation is an opportunity for us to really drive our lives off a cliff. And when we injure ourselves and others, and God, some of us have made such choices that we use freedom as an excuse. We've defined all sense and reasoning. We wanted self-expression. We want it to be true to ourselves in the name of freedom, only to injure ourselves and other people. And God, right now we come and we make a bold declaration. We will not use our freedom to harm, but to heal. We will not use our freedom to injure, but God, to bring life to people. And Father, right now, we will not use our freedom, but we accept but to love one another as we love ourselves. God, we're going to love and we're going to serve one another in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I just speak a healing and I speak a grace. Some of us have been hurt by people. And then so it makes us want to control life. It makes us want to control that it will never happen again. That's not a reality in this world. God created us with a choice. And the way we use those choices either is going to bring more freedom or less freedom. We will not live in divided hearts, divided minds, divided home, divided church, divided nation. We will have a sweet unity in mind and heart with our Lord, with our God, with our Savior in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we thank you. You have called us to freedom. And we will not use our freedom as an excuse, as an opportunity. But we will use our freedom to love one another as we love ourselves and to love and serve one another. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.